for coming to the very sorry that's going to be on the recording uh, leave the meeting restart okay so we've been doing these Geology Thursdays, and mostly I've been putting them into my lectures, but then Sean thought this might be a good idea. And I think it's a reasonable idea to try it. I can go longer and talk if they want to. Make it a little bit more laid back rather than the uh, short bursted fire hose that I try to do. Um, so today we're talking about man. We've talked about the Trinity. We've talked about the Bible is God's word. And so number three or letter C is the man was, that man was and is created in the image of God, but as a result of sin is lost and powerless to save himself. Um, and for those of you who know my, my bent, this is IHI statement, not my own. Um, so I'm just, we're just going to look at essentially three big elements here. Um, um, everybody knows my bent, and we would we would agree with that too. <laughs> we'll see if you still still agrees by the end. <laughs> so I I am using systematic theology on top of the Bible a lot to just help with this. Obviously, I'm not a, a trained theologian, but all of us, in some sense, are theologians, right? We all should be studying God by reading his word and by reading books about his word and about him. Um, and so uh, the structure, a lot of the information, almost, almost all of it, either from an ESV Bible or So if you think about that statement, again, three parts. So we're talking about man. And the three parts of that man that we're talking about is one, that he's created in God's image, two, that man sinned, and then three, that man is lost and powerless to save himself. So God created us in his image. So Genesis 1, 26 to 27, we've all heard this. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created man. Male and female, he created them. So did everybody get this in his image book by Dr. Paul Brand and Philip Yancey? Justin did. Did you get it from him? Yeah. Okay. They used to give it out. Uh, I'll get you every time. Anyways, so before I knew anything about in his image, my dad gave me fearfully and wonderfully made, which is the precursor to in his image in high school, which is both are precursors to the gift of pain. Um, and I read all three of these in high school when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And the short version is how biology and science point to God. And then more practically speaking, Dr. Paul Brand was an orthopedic surgeon who became a missionary and worked with upper colonies and a lot of really cool work. All that to say, God used these books to, to get me where I am right now. Um, and so I just wanted to point that out there. If you haven't read them, really 
okay, so what does being in God's image mean? What does it mean to be created in God's image? So there's some a few narrow views, like you can take a pretty narrow view and take substantive views. So like special qualities, like the ability to reason, like that is how we are made in God's image. Or you can take a relational view. So how we interact with the people around us is how we are made in the image of God. Like God, the Trinity interacts with Trinity. We interact with other people. That's us being made in his image. Um, or functional, like specific duties. So like taking dominion over the workers. Um, that would be an example of being made in God's image. But um, I, I think all three of these, examples of being made in God's image, and we don't really have to be so narrow. So um, Wayne Grudem talks about every way in which man is like God is part of his being in the image and likeness of God. And um, Daniel's favorite theologian, John Piper, says, uh, I think being created in the image of God means that we image God. So like we're a reflection, we're a mirror. We reflect God. We live in a way, we think in a way, we feel in a way, we speak in a way that calls attention to the brightness and the glory of God. Um, so those are kind of definitions that you can put to what it means to be in the image of God. So being in the image of God means we're different, right? We're not like the rest of creation. We're not, we're not like lions. Um, we're different, okay? That's why we can kill and eat cows, but not babies. Okay, so there's a difference. Everybody can clearly understand it's wrong to kill and eat babies, but most people don't have an issue with killing and eating a cow. Now, maybe you have an issue with cows are killed. That's fine. Uh, but, but God has given us cows to eat. Okay, so the problem is that man sinned, right? We were created in his image. We were like God, we like God, but then we sin. We, we failed to live up to God's moral standard. And we did that and do that in, in kind of three different areas. So one is in action, like do not murder. Not that you necessarily murder, but if you lied, like that is an action that you take that is a sin. But also in attitude, right? Jesus talks about, you know, if you're, he basically says being angry can be the same as murdering. That's what he talks about on the Sermon of the Mount. So everyone who's angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And he talks about that right after he talks about murdering, being liable to judgment. But we're also the standard just in our inherent nature. So Psalm 51.5, David talks about, I was brought forth in iniquity. Ephesians 2.5 describes us as children of wrath. Uh, Romans 5.12, uh, death spread to all men because all sin. So just our inherent nature is sinful. So the first sin, right? Genesis 3, Adam and Eve ate the fruit. And man's original sin kind of looked at three different questions. So first, what is true? So God said eating the fruit leads to death. But the serpent said, no, it won't. God knows that you're just going to get knowledge like him. Um, and so it's, it's, it's taking an issue with what is truth. Is it what God says or is it what I say or what somebody else says? Um, you know God's word is true, right? John 17, 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus talking to the Father. 
So the second question is, what is right? right? God said, you shall not eat the fruit of the tree, implying that it is a moral good not to eat the fruit. In doing that, you are being obedient to God. Satan implied goodness in eating the fruit by encouraging her to do so and saying, this is all the good things that it's going to bring for you. And Eve decided to look at it and say, it looks good. It's good to eat. Seems good to want to have the knowledge that God has. And so that's how I'm going to decide what's right. And then Adam, decided, I mean, who knows why he decided to eat it? Maybe the same reasons Eve did. Um, but it, in the same way, right? He knew what God had told him was right. And he decided that he was going to create a different version of right. But we know that there's an objective moral standard. And that is God's standard. His character is what is right. So then the third question is, who am I? So God says we're his creatures made in his image. We're completely reliant and we're of a lower rank. Right? We're not on the same rank as God. It's like the angels aren't on the same rank as God. We're beneath him. Um, Satan and man determined they were supposed to be equal to God. Right? They, they wanted to, to be God themselves. Um, and, and we continue to want to do that when we decide not to listen to what God is telling us to do, we make our own way and our own decision, saying, no, God, you know, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take care of it. You know, but we're his creation. We're created for him and for his purposes. Um, it's like this rabbit thinks he's a rooster. We're not, we're not rooster. So then there's consequences for sin, and, and generally speaking, those con consequences are death. So the wages of sin is death, James 1.15, but each person is tempted when he's lured, enticed by his own desire. And desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, being, brings forth to death. And then kind of a practical version of that, if I'm a dad, memorize this if you're a dad, um, is Colossians 3.21, fathers do not provoke your children, which is sin. And the consequence of that sin is, you know, your kids might become discouraged. And obviously, there's a million other potential, like, practical consequences, but you're only speaking. So, because of that, because of sin, we're lost and powerless to save ourselves as sinners. We've inherited this guilt. Okay, so Romans 5.12, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because we all sinned. We all sinned. Um, so sin came through Adam. Because Adam sinned, we inherited that guilt that came along with that sin. Romans 5.18, therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men. The one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. Oh, man. Spell check's working. Um, all right. And then Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Nobody has escaped it, except for Jesus, of course. Right? He's God. But no non-Jesus has escaped the reality of inherited guilt. Because he sinned, we all sinned. Doesn't mean we sinned, we 
Doesn't mean that we did the sin that Adam did, but means that we have also. We've also inherited corruption. So this goes back to the nature part. So we're brought forth in iniquity. We are children of wrath. Um, the wicked are estranged from the womb, we go astray from birth, speaking lies. Like this is not something that happens to us eventually. This is this is man at, at the core is sinful. So this is a legal problem, right? So we may not be as bad as we could be, but since we've broken the law, we're guilty and corrupt. And because of that, we can't stand right before God. So James 2, 10 to 11, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in just one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. Well, so like adultery and murder, those are big sins. Well, so lying is a part of the law too. So you, you lie, everybody in here is lying. If you say you haven't, you lie. So um, it just takes one, one error to, to be guilty of the entirety of the law. So again, because of this, legally speaking, we can't stand right before God. Going a lot faster next um, So again, going back to our natures, our natures lack any spiritual goodness before God. So I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. So our flesh, there is no good. Even the good thing, the, the good thing from a worldly perspective of a sinner, because it, it is not done in faith is not seen as good in God's eyes. Doesn't mean you can't use it. Doesn't mean from like a worldly perspective, it's not good, but compared to the moral standard that is God, it's not enough. It's not good. Uh, Titus 1, 15, 16, to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. Detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. So not only are our natures lacking any spiritual goodness before God, but since we lack that spiritual goodness in our natures, we are unable to do any spiritual good before God. I like how he differentiates this, like a spiritual good, as, as opposed to like building a hospital, which might be good from a worldly perspective. Um, so Isaiah 64, 6, we've all become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment or filthy rag in other translations. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. Uh, Hebrews 11, 46, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as have, having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Anything done outside of faith is not pleasing to God. Romans 8, 8, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. John 6, 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. John 8, 34, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. 
we've got this inherited sin, which means we've also inherited guilt and corruption. We're legally sinners. We've broken the law. Our natures lack any spiritual goodness. We have no ability or natural spiritual goodness before God. We are slaves to sin. As such, a sinner's freedom is limited by his enslavement to sin. So our freedom's limited because we are slaves to sin. As a slave to sin, that's what we want to do. We want to sin. We're unable to do, to do anything that pleases God. We can't choose to do things that please God because we are slaves to sin. And in our same sinful nature, we'll always choose to do what we desire. And our deepest desires as sinners, again, to sin. So, um, this is why we are lost and powerless to save ourselves. Uh, so, again, going back to that statement of faith, um, that man was and is created in the image of God. This is a wonderful thing that separates us from the rest of creation. Um, but because of sin, we're broken. And I think um, it doesn't feel good to talk about the broken. And certainly doesn't feel good to hear about your own brokenness. But I think as, as Christians, it's, it's, it's good to reflect on where, where we came from and what God saved us out of. To, to consider that we could do anything to, to save ourselves. It's, and then realize that it, it was, it's truly impossible. Um, God's moral standard is too high. And, and one blip is enough to separate us completely from God. Uh, and that's what makes rest, that's part of what makes the rest so great. Because we were so lost and we were so separated. And despite all of that, despite the guilt, the corruption, what we deserved, God sent Jesus to save us. Uh, and that is the greatest news that we could ever have, is for God to give himself to us. When we deserve we deserve his full of that. Um, so, that's actually it. That went really fast. So um, we have some time. If people have thoughts or questions, otherwise, I can just let you eat and drink and be merry. <laughs> talk to each other without any alcohol. <laughs> it was for the Maya. Pardon? It's Cinco de Mayo, yes. That's a good point. <laughs> I Like, wow, like, I should look like that. I should, my life should look like that. And like, my efforts to, like, 
but others before myself um, just pale in comparison. And so then it's like, that's, it's hard to, to put two and two together where it's like, I know I know that like it is good. It is it is a worldly good, and it is caring and uh, yeah, it is caring for the well being of others. But obviously, knowing that ultimately it's not loving their souls, so I recognize that. But then to think that like now my my lazy leftover efforts to do good and love justice and walk in mercy like that those please the lord like that god looks at my lousy efforts and that those please him but all of the like dedicated life to altruism spiritually is is nothing and i i, I acknowledge i acknowledge that that's like just the reality but it's kind of hard to yes I think so. And there's, I mean, there, I think there are a lot of things like that in the Bible, right? Um, that are hard to understand, like just literally hard to understand or difficult emotionally to understand. Cause I think that's maybe what this more of is like a, it's more of a it's hard to understand this emotionally because when I compare myself to this other person, she is doing so much good from a worldly perspective. And then my seemingly smaller efforts are more pleasing to God. Um, so yeah, I think sometimes that is hard to understand, but, but it doesn't make it not, not true. And nor should it lead to pride. Um, but it's just, again, God uses the, the weak, uses the the two pennies of the was it the widow um and and it is more pleasing because it comes from faith if you are doing those things in faith uh, as as a good work to glorify god that it that is what the bible says is pleasing now how do you talk to your friend about that Right. So how do you get somebody like that to realize their own sin? I don't know the answer to that question. Um, but I think ask, I, th I think it probably depends on like your level of friendship and relationship to them uh, and how well you know them. Because I mean, everybody has, everybody has sin in their life, whatever level it may be, everybody has sin in their life. Getting somebody realize their need for a savior, I think, is difficult, especially in a age where I get to decide what's good for me. Maybe I'll step. Live your truth. All right. Not this is not an answer to things, but I think it's cool to not in how you talk to them necessarily, but maybe even that, like because we all are created in God's image, like even people who don't know the Lord are. 
So therefore, there are going to be attributes of people that point yeah. out people that like that's mm -hmm. really cool. Mm -hmm. We know that's where that's coming yeah. from. Yeah. And really it's missing Jesus. So therefore, still not pleasing in the same way that something I'm doing is pleasing. But like, it's cool to say like this is mm -hmm. ultimately from the yeah. Lord, right. Right. God's attribute like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, this is God. This is how God has made you, and what yeah. He has given you the ability to do is amazing. I think that makes me think of um, like the painter. Uh, there's the story of like the painter and uh, like the fingerprint of the painter. And so, like in the Bible, it says, like many are saying that everything points to the Creator, so no one has an excuse. So that's like, hey, why do you do that? Well, actually, because. <laughs> It affects me to like um, to say there's no spiritual good in it. Although fundamentally, I know that too, like you're saying. But like, I think because of what we're describing, it's because it seems like there is good, and it seems to reflect spiritual good because that's a good. So it's a part of who God is that's re that's reflecting this person. So it seems spiritually good because that comes from the heart of the Father, right? The, the heart of God. It's spiritual good in it. But I think it like really um, forces you to like recenter, like what's what's the crux of the issue is not what it is that you're doing and how good it is or how much it reflects God, but who's it for? Who's at the center of it? Why do we do? For God? Yeah, then then it's good because it's it's to glorify Him to make Him known to know Him better because it's a good thing that kind of looks like that. So I think a lot of the world can be really good things that really look like bad things, but God's not in it. Well, and then it all always goes back to who's judging what's good and what's not good. Like God sets very clear standards for what's good, and we don't get to set those standards ourselves. And like ultimately it comes down to are we submitting to God's definition of what is good? Um, so if he says that the only way to do good is to be in my will and like live through me, then I don't get to second guess that. I don't get to say the action that somebody else did apart from him is good because I think it's good. Two people who did the same thing, like one's a Christian doing you know, building a hospital through faith in God, the other person building a hospital uh, because it seems like a good thing to do this person look, look at this good thing i did right? hospital is good but also look how good i am For this other person recognizing their sinful state their need for god i am nothing this was done through faith in christ for his name but we're still such messed up yeah, messed up in you know, sin that like yeah. even even things done in faith, like there's still the pride that has seeped so deep that is going to be like intertwined in these good things. So like, and that's where like you're saying, Chris, like it's like, like God gets to judge that, but it's just like I think get stuck in kind of cycles of like, well, then how do I know if I'm doing something in faith? Because I know that all the things that I do are still going to be intertwined, like just. 
uh, stained by my, my sin, although I know that that is washed clean by the blood of Jesus, but I still am not, I'm not um, like made new yet. Um, we all still sin. Right. We can all sin. So. I think what I really liked hearing um, is like the why, like knowing your why and knowing your purpose. And I think we see that like a problem in our society now a lot where people are so broken because they don't have the why and so it's going back to like why is your friend doing the things that she's doing why are you doing the things that you're doing and what motivates you um there's uh like michael jr break time who has a little video where he has <laughs> sorry comedian christian but he has a video where he has someone sing amazing grace just amazing grace and then he asks the person like now sing Amazing Grace. Like, he's like, what's your purpose? Like, why do you sing? And so he talks about, like, what made him sing. And you can hear an audible difference. Like, it since like, even watching the video, you get, like, shivers down your spine. And so I think that's the big difference is, like, hey, when you change, when, when Christ changes you, because it's not us who change yourself, but when Christ changes you, there's a different way that you do it. There's a different, um, like, spiritual atmosphere in how it's done. It's not like because you can be doing good and you can just be striving to have a good name or for people to say that you're doing good versus you're doing good and you want Christ to be glorified and for people to come to know Christ. And you're like, I don't know, but you're going to sense that difference. Like right now, there's a lot of people who are giving aid or this and that and everyone wants to help. Right. But you see a different fingerprint when it's done from like, you know, I want to do this versus I'm doing it because Christ is. Anyways, that video you guys should watch. Can we talk more about the inherited sin concept? Yeah. Like I I can think of um an example from a psalm that does like support that same thing. Surely I was sinful at birth and But like I I'm having trouble like if we're created in God's image, how are we still like sinful before we've had a chance to sin? Are we sinful before we've had a chance to like do a sinful action? Yeah. Right. So I think that's where the nature comes in. So by by nature, prior to doing any action, the reason we sin is because our nature is sinful. And the reason our nature is sinful is because Adam sinned at the beginning. That's what Romans is talking about. Is is that when he sinned, sin spread to all of humanity. Just inherently who we are at our deepest core after the Imago Dei, right? So, um, so being sinful in nature does not require a sinful action. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? And the reason that is, is because Adam sinned. I think your question may be more, how are we, um, I'm wrong. how are we still in the image of God if our nature is sinful? Is that what your question is? Uh, yeah, I guess that was a little bit it, like, how can we be whole? Yeah, you know, well, I think at this point, like after the sin, it's, it's a broken reflection. It's like looking at a broken mirror. Okay. Um, and I think 
So, so I think that's what I would say is like prior to the fall, perfectly reflected that, that after the fall, it's an imperfect picture. So the, the inherent dignity that comes with being made in the image of God and the fact that we do things, whether we're saved or not, that can reflect his image doesn't change, but it is imperfect now. So it's not a complete image. And again, some of y'all weren't here at the beginning, but it's not like I have a, any sort of degree in theology, but all of us in some sense are theologians. It doesn't feel good to think about. Uh, it, did Jesus have inherited sin? No. Because he wasn't born of Adam? Because I mean, I don't know the answer. Like what's, how does that work? I don't know the answer to that question, except that Jesus is God, and therefore he's in a different category. Is <laughs> <laughs> what attempted to sin? Yeah. Did he have a, a sin nature that no. was he drawn away of his own lusts as we are? You know, that the verse says, or is it was it always Satan who tempted him? Otherwise, he did not have temptation. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer. So, I know he didn't sin, and I know his nature. I know his nature was not sinful. How was he tempted as we're tempted? The scripture says that we have a high priest who knows our afflictions, for he was tempted as we are, and he doesn't have a sin nature. So I've never understood that scripture because it's like, well, how does he know? I know that he knows because he's God, but how does he know experientially? He doesn't have the same nature as us. But knowing does not have to be experiential. That's that's, well, I guess we have that's look very at common in our current setting. Is that I know, but I feel like like so Hebrew terms mean experiential knowledge. Like when God looked at him said, "Now I know that you love." Yeah, I guess I don't know the Hebrew is there, but um, or the Greek is be Greek. That's that's beyond me. But <laughs> that's Greek. <laughs> that's beyond me. Yeah, I, don't, I mean it's right. It's it's always next to me. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting to understand. Yeah. 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 Sean, are you angry that this is? Uh, what are you saying, Sean? Uh, the conversation is always. Uh, <laughs> your question, so I want to. <laughs> the conversation has now become uh, in this part, <laughs> like knowing sin and experiencing the sin, and which one did Jesus do? Temptation. Temptation. Sorry, not sin, because he didn't sin, but the temptation. Um, like like Stacy said, I can know you're having a heart attack, but I'm not experiencing your heart attack. Is that the 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 scenario that we're seeing with Jesus in temptation, or was he truly tempted experientially? Like, which I kind of think I fall on that. Like when he was in the desert with Satan, right? That's that's experience. Did he actually think, oh, maybe I should turn this into bread so I could eat something because I'm hungry? Or was it all just kind of a show? Was it all a kind of show? Uh, I mean, I don't think it could be. I don't think it could be a show because I think that would be a deception. Um, but, but I don't. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me either that Jesus would actually think, or I should just. I'm really hungry, so I'm. I really want to turn this bread, this stone into bread. And yet he begged God to not make him have to go to the cross. I don't know that that was sinful though. Or it definitely wasn't sinful, but I don't even know that that was like a temptation. 
right? Because it would have been just as right for Jesus not to die on the cross and just burn us all. Or then he would have broken his promise. That'd be morally wrong because God promised. Okay. Yes. Good point. No. Question. But I think we can stand firm on what scripture is really clear about, which is that his nature was not sinful and he did not sin. Mary never sinned. I don't think Mary's in the IHI statement. <laughs> what? Uh oh. Um, she's indirectly there. The virgin birth? Yeah. I mean, indirectly, but not. Can you recap those three ways, the three things that were addressed when Adam said, like the three, like, who are we? Yeah, like, what is true? What is right? And who am I? Okay. Now that you've all been through this, and you've, some of you have been through my other ones. What, what is, what's preferable? And I'm not, I'm not going to be offended. So, I, the last time I went long through an AA lecture, Austin was like nodding off at the end. <laughs> and that's okay. Okay, maybe during that time it's too long, but this was about as long, but it was different because it was, Time to talk. But I think we were all eating too. We were all eating. Right. It's not we're after lunch. lunch. <laughs> yes. so there's still blood in your brain. It had an in your stomach. Is there blood in your brain? Yeah. Your lives. I like the Barely. 20 minute lecture. I'm part of it in the discussion afterwards. I've had it help. I tend to agree with your analogy, but I think for those who don't, it probably feels a little less harsh. I like this. This uh, feels less harsh? Right. Okay. okay, most people in this, most attendings in this program not agree with me. On, on, okay, just like anything else. Like, I rant about BLM. It's okay if you disagree. <laughs> I think uh, doctrine makes a little bit more of a difference than that. But but, but yeah, differing views. Not be offended that I'm loud and angry when I respond. It's just because I'm excited we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> happened very often but when it does it's loud 
Yeah, this is a very minor um, thought, but um, I as we were going through it, I was trying to remember the statement as a whole and like where we were at the statement, like which part we were dissecting. We, we could like have the statement and like show which part we're on as we're going through it. As we're going through it? Yeah, like the first part was the image God, and so we're like dissecting that. And then the second part of like, and we're like talking about that, you know, so just like showing the statement as a whole um, on each slide because I did that, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. I just mean like as we're going, like in the middle of it, I was like, what was the statement again? Like as a whole, this is very okay. Weird. I'm just like kind of like a break slide to just go back to the beginning, yeah, maybe that'd be good, yeah, or if it's like on the bottom of this of the slide, or I just something to like, okay, mind. this is very weird, just something that I was thinking good. If Daniel doesn't disagree with me, I think I'm doing pretty good. I agree with everything you said. I agree on the line. You even mentioned on Piper. I know, and you didn't walk out. You had to hold me down. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 